Welcome to the Gallery Girl podcast. Gallery Girl is a London-based website and curatorial platform dedicated to contemporary art from across the globe. In this podcast, we're going to focus on female artists, curators and practitioners who highlight art with roots in West Asia and North Africa. Enjoy. Welcome to the Gallery Girl podcast. Today, my guests are Anna Seaman, Jen Stelko and Claire Harris from Moro Collective, NFT curators based in Dubai, who are bringing well-established and experienced artists to the NFT space. Their debut exhibition, Genesis, is running online right now and marks a starting point for many of the featured artists in the show into the world of crypto art. I'm super excited to have them and for them to explain to us a, lo- a little bit about crypto art and the world of NFTs. So welcome, all of you. Hi. Hi. Thank, thank you. you. This is cool. Um, yeah. For the uninitiated, and I guess a lot of people will be asking, what exactly is a non-fungible token or an NFT? Okay, so um, to take it right back to the beginning, basically a few years back before NFTs, digital art really had no value because there was no way of making it scarce because mm-hmm. it's also reproducible and anybody could see it online and right-click save and everybody has the same kind of... Um, access to the to the to a jpeg but now um using blockchain technology basically you can take any digital file like a jpeg or a mp4 or audio whatever um and by putting it on the blockchain the process is called tokenizing so by tokenizing it you give it like a signature um which makes it an authentic one of a kind Mm -hmm. um and it means you can prove who the owner is so although an NFT is still accessible for everybody to see. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody can still right-click, save it, or you know, screenshot. But it's very clear who the owner is. Right. So that gives it value because it's all of a sudden scarce and collectible. Yeah. So the value is in the ownership. Um, yeah. Exactly. So you all have quite different backgrounds, from journalism to artists yourselves. How did you all come together? Okay, well, um, we all live in Dubai, and we are actually friends and neighbours. That's oh, how we okay. met. I think that's how all first things start. <laughs> proximity. You're right. We all have different backgrounds, but we all uh, have a love of art, um, whether that's from writing about it, making it, or being involved in promoting it. So it was a good. It was a good um, marriage of minds and skills, and it, it's working really well. Amazing. And what gave you through the idea to create Moro? And why did you choose the word, the name Moro? I'll take that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, as you know, Jan is an NFT artist herself um, with a traditional background. It's been how many years now? Ten years. Ten years wow, of um, traditional artists. And so she started last year in NFTs. And as friends of hers, we obviously learned our first introduction on on NFTs and quite frankly, I'll go home and Google it and be like, what is she talking about? So that's how I personally Mm -hmm. learned about it. And because of that, I started learning about the industry and and how it all works and we would just kind of discuss what's happening and how her work's going and everything. And then we just kind of were like, you know, what's really missing here is there's no gallery representation. Mm -hmm. There's no, you know, successful mature artworks from the real world being represented in this space. We also worked out there's, you know, it, as it's very new, um, there's a lot of, I guess, barriers to entry, especially sure. um, tech and getting, here's a piece of art, how do we get it over there mm-hmm. and how do we get it seen? 
So we thought if we could remove those barriers and boundaries and help these artists, these artworks and these galleries become part of this space, it would be a really unique and great platform that's actually missing in the market. Mm -hmm. That's how it came about. And then we fortunately were able to go to Art Buy, which, as you know, is the first uh, physical art exhibition uh, since COVID. Art Fair, sorry. Um, And so we went there where we floated the idea. So we put our business plan together, our uh, branding and, and concept development there, and then it just kicked off from there and it's uh, been a good three months now, right? Yeah. Why morrow? So this is a really great question as well. So we really believe that this is the future of art. Mm-hmm. And so morrow being a shortened term of tomorrow yeah. and representing the um, similar wording, it also is a almost a mirror of itself, this word. So. Right. The M, the O, and the R are almost like traditional arts looking to the future, and then the R and the O and the W are almost mirrored looking back. So we're bridging those two worlds together, which has been a goal of ours from the start. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously you'll see the O's are joined with the line, and that's representing digital. So the okay. blockchain, cryptocurrency, yeah. and how all of this is all online. Amazing. Really well thought out. And um, you guys currently have your first show online now, Genesis. And I wanted to know how you put that together because it's really impressive. It's on multiple levels and it's like a real gallery and it sounds really difficult. And I actually saw a video on YouTube of Anna with a physical model of the, <laughs> of the space, um, yeah. which so is really cool. Yeah. yeah. So how did you so, actually I mean, do that? <laughs> what we did was we created partnerships with galleries. Most of them are in Dubai, but... Um, we're international, so, you know, we're only just because we're here in Dubai, mm-hmm. obviously it was easier in the beginning to make connections with people here. But we do have one gallery from New York and one from Sydney and one from Abu Dhabi. Okay. And we pulled, as you would maybe in the real life as a mm-hmm. curator, we pulled work from each of those galleries and then sorted it thematically. So that the gallery space that you're talking about, the big one in the metaverse, is is huge space is not really limited so we had we had two buildings and we had five levels and so we broke it into five themes mm-hmm. five the artwork we had 60 artworks in the end we broke it into five themes and then we had to enter this process of um hanging it in in the in, in the exhibition right. which is obviously like a technical it's just use getting your head around using the the platform and the way I can easily, most easily describe it is I, I made this model because mm-hmm. I wanted it to be like and feel like a real life experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever hangs next to each other has a narrative between it. Mm-hmm. There is a relationship. There's a journey as you walk through. Um, and the, the curatorial um, the curatorial emphasis is what we're all about to really mm-hmm. want to show art with substance and narrative. So um, that's the short version of how we put it together it (laughs) took a long time yeah the first night when we were actually hanging in crypto voxels in the in the virtual space we absolutely tore our hair out because there was a lot of um why isn't it working and little technical issues but after like a couple of hours of figuring it out we kind of got the hang of it but yeah it's all it's all sort of new to us as well but it's been you know exciting an exciting journey yeah you've done your first show on quite a big scale so yeah. You, you probably <laughs> did it the biggest you could do it but it's really impressive it really does feel like a real gallery and I think as a viewer or potential buyer it's quite nice to that isn't familiar with digital art it's quite nice to have that feeling that you are in a 
traditional gallery space, albeit a digital one. I think that's yeah. quite nice. Um, yeah, and a lot of the artworks are like, obviously they're digital, but they, they're animated and they move a little bit. And I understand that you help some of the artists um, animate their work, if that's the right term. Um, yeah. How did you do that? So um, what we wanted to do was to make the transition for these artists as seamless as possible. Um, and a lot of them had never touched on animating before. Um, so we very much worked like a team. So with the, with the artist guidance, I used my animation skills to sort of um, pull off what they were describing. A, lot, a couple of the artists did all of their own animation yeah. and audio. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I just helped with technicalities on some of them. But it's all all down to the artist's final decision. Mm -hmm. I guess you would sort of um, uh, use the analogy of, like, you know, there's a lot of old, um, traditional artists like sculptors that might not actually use their own hands to build sure. their, yeah. their concepts. Mm -hmm like hire people to to do like the labor and stuff so it was a little bit like that sort of situation so though I was helping with the animation mm -hmm. um, in a lot of the cases it wasn't it was never really I, I wouldn't call myself a collaborator or an right. or, you know an yeah. artist it's more just like technical um but interestingly um yeah the, a lot of the artists knew exactly they had a good vision of what they wanted the nfts to look like so, um, and I think now that they've seen it and it's happened, um, the next steps for them will be to do it themselves. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I guess... We, I mean, I'm expecting people to kind of go down this rabbit hole yeah. that I initially went down, because like, I'm a traditional artist. Mm -hmm. um, originally, I learned how to animate kind of on the fly using mm -hmm. YouTube tutorials and things um, mm -hmm. because I kind of got... I just got swept up in it and I fell in love with it. And I see that happening to a lot of our artists as well. Yeah, I almost feel like you're probably the dream person for them to collaborate with because all of a sudden NFTs are everywhere and that's the hot commodity and you're helping them with it. With it. So right. it's probably yeah. really great for the artists too. Yeah, and I love um, building relationships with other artists and that's been part of it. Like we have a lot of Zoom meetings with a lot of not almost none of the artists are based in Dubai, mm -hmm. um, but we've built these relationships with them by talking about the art a lot, and that's one of my favorite parts of, of the job, actually. Amazing. Yeah. So, obviously, Morrow's exhibition and the metaverse is viewable to everyone in the world just by the nature of it being digital. But the three of you are based in the UAE, and a lot of your artists do come from the Arab region. Like, what is the digital art landscape like in the UAE right now? Okay, I'm going to take this one. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, you mentioned something really important, which is that it is available to everyone and accessible to everyone. And that's the reason, one of the reasons that we are so keen to, um, to explore this platform because it breaks down boundaries. There are no geographical boundaries. And what's really cool and interesting is that we can reach out to people in um, well, all over the world and give them a bigger audience. I mean, Digit in Dubai itself, Dubai is a city which is constantly always updating itself and at mm -hmm. the forefront. And there's a lot of, there are a lot of people here who who are innovative and pushing things forward. So I think there's a definitely a, a feeling in the city that things are picking up and there are a lot of people getting involved in NFTs and 
wanting to make NFTs. Um, in the region, it's, you know, it's less so. It's kind of right. very varied. Mm-hmm. Um, we live in a region of uh, quite a lot of different types of people in different types of countries. I mean, for example, we were dealing with, we have photographers from North Africa. We have Palestinian painters. We have mm-hmm. um, a guy in, a, a woman in Kazakhstan who's making art from plastic bags somebody in Lebanon so you know there's a huge vast range of countries and and people Um, and that's why we like the democratizing aspect Mm -hmm. of NFTs Um, I think Dubai is a great place to be though also geographically because in the center of the world and as I said because there are a lot of things and opportunities here Mm -hmm. happening I mean um, hopefully we'll be able we're at the right in the right place at the right time to make that transition from the digital I mean, from the physical to the digital scene. Yeah. There are um, sort of digital art centres opening up around as well mm-hmm. in Dubai. So the Theatre of Digital Art is a really good one in the Madinat. We have a lot of, like, touring shows and exhibitions that are all about digital art. Mm-hmm. So it's I think we're at the forefront, so it's a really good place to be. Yeah, I think so too. But you're also, speaking of digital, you're also planning a physical exhibition in the next couple of months. What is that process like and how is that going to work? Yes, so this is super exciting. We are, again, this is a real great opportunity to bridge the two worlds um, and also educate people as Mm -hmm. well on on not only what NFTs are, but how how they can fit into your life or into your investment or into your collection. Um, So it will be called NFT-IRL, so it will Mm -hmm. be incorporating the two worlds. And we'll be having screens around the exhibition that will showcase the digital version of the original asset. So we'll be having the artwork on the wall and then the screen that has the animational NFT. Um, And each artist, we have seven Mm -hmm. currently, will have between one and four pieces on show. So we'll also be detailing how, if you would like to purchase an NFT, how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, and also we actually offer the physical pieces via our platform as well. Mm-hmm. So that's a super exciting thing that's happening. This is actually the first in the region, correct me wow. if I'm wrong, yeah. for this type Amazing. of exhibition yeah. um, to showcase NFTs and IRL um, in real life pieces together. Um, and it's actually it's going to be held at Ferretti Contemporary, one of our gallery partners, and they they're, were a part of our Genesis show as well. And it was their idea to um, put on a physical exhibition in partnership with us. Um, and it's actually a really perfect space for it. They've got a huge warehouse. It's a brand new gallery, loads of spaces for screens. Even, it's even really lucky because they're doing renovations right now, oh, and we wow. can put in some extra <laughs> power sockets and stuff. Amazing. So. Yeah, and the artists are amazing. Uh, yeah, it's it's gonna it's look really exciting. good, and it's it's great for us as well because we've got um, a lot of people that we know, you know, who we're trying to introduce to this world, who still can't quite grasp sure. that we don't yeah. have a physical gallery. So it'd be mm-hmm. nice to sort of show people who we have. We can show you our metaverse gallery, but also this physical one for a few weeks, so you can come and see. Yeah, yeah. and is this gallery in Dubai as well? Yeah, yeah, it's in Dubai, it's in Al Sakal Avenue, oh, and the, in the exhibition, yeah. Genesis exhibition, they have four, four artists already in the exhibition, and for the new exhibition, we're adding three three new artists, so yeah, it's going to be good. Amazing, Al Sakal is a perfect space and for something like that. We've got, um, <laughs> a mosaic piece coming, and we've got 
massive sculptures and paintings and collage and yeah and augmented reality as well we'll be introducing that which is super exciting we're also um toying with the idea of having a vr corner set up for vips to tour the um metaverse gallery while they're there Mm -hmm. so it's going to be a real like a, a, a big merge of physical digital yeah yeah and you're working with so many amazing artists right now. Like, which of your artists, like, do you have any standout artists or standout artworks that you've been working with over the last couple of months? You know, honestly, you sent the questions beforehand and I looked at this question and I thought, oh, yeah, I'll answer that question. But it's really hard to say <laughs> which one I'm excited about. I mean, we have some quite big, well-established names in our Genesis exhibition. We have Sarah Rathbar, who mm-hmm. has... Um, who's really well established in, in the US and her collection, her work is in the collection of some of the biggest museums. We have Hazem Harb, who's also um, fairly well established and he ha- he's Palestinian and he's working out of Dubai. We also have um, um, artists like Halim Al-Karim, who is an Iraqi artist who again lives in the US, has quite a big established following. Um, but we, what I think is really exciting for us is also reaching out to people who have never exhibited internationally mm-hmm. before. We have an Indigenous Australian artist wow. who makes artwork from silk scarves, mm-hmm. who's never exhibited outside of um, the, the... Well, she has a gallery in Dubai, but basically she's never reached out to international audiences. Mm-hmm. We have um, people like Jacques... I can't say his name properly. Bartabillian. Uh-huh. So he's a Lebanese guy and yeah. he's, he's in our exhibition mm-hmm. in Ferretti as well, coming up. And he's interesting because um, he's re- represented by um, by Ferretti Gallery, but he he's re- really excited about entering into the NFT sphere. It's something that gives him an opportunity as an artist who's working in a country that's struggling a lot mm-hmm. at the moment, especially with the, they're having an economic crisis. Yeah. So like for him to have avenues to find other ways to um you know to yeah have a career out of art is also really interesting we have artists from africa artists from asia mm-hmm. like really all over the world yeah. so it's hard for me to pick sure. or anyone else <laughs> yeah i feel like you have all like every part of the globe covered almost yeah yeah a quite a good chunk of it yeah So you're three really impressive women working within the art world in a sphere that is relatively new, but you've also had very um, interesting individual careers beforehand and in addition to this. Like, do you have any advice for young women looking to follow in your footsteps? It's a really good question. I think we all might have something to do about it. The first thing I would say is... Be very aware and take time to know your skill set mm-hmm. and where you really excel. And don't be afraid to ask for things, ask for help, um, ask for or, or find people who can join you on your journey to, to do what you're doing. Um, you'll be, uh, what I've personally learned is you know, you'll be surprised how, how many people actually want to help. Mm-hmm. So just by putting... You know, putting your feelers out there and, and working out um, what you need has been really helpful. And also surround yourself with, with like-minded people or people who are going down the same kind of journey. So like other freelancers or other startups or, you know, find like a tech hub, for example, for us, where you can work from. So where these little questions that you have along the way, these are very well-connected people and connected little little companies that, that like mm-hmm. to see people thrive and succeed. 
um also say go for it worst case scenario it doesn't work and you try again yeah yeah like it's the biggest lesson you can um you know your your journey might change along the way and your actual goals and business model might change along the way um and things will not work you'll Mm -hmm. have challenges that you'll need to like adjust to and pivot to and and you know we're learning daily that our that our model is evolving mm-hmm. and, you know, the opportunities that are coming our way, we didn't expect from the start. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these are really exciting avenues that we're going to go down now that wasn't part of our original plan. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. I think also just to add to anyone young and, you know, starting out, this is a, ever since COVID, it's such a different world. And mm-hmm. I think that we are, oh my gosh, I lost the train of thought. It's okay. Sorry. <laughs> People nowadays are, you know, it's a decentralized world. The whole, the whole, the whole system behind NFTs and cryptocurrency is about decentralizing things and moving things away from big sources of power. So, like, there is really a good time to be opportunistic and go for it. What you want to do yourself, rather than look to, you know, everyone else. It's a, it's a world now where people are used to working from home. People are all connected mm-hmm. digitally. You don't have to rely on you know, like I said, the big, the big systems of power to give you an in, you can make Mm -hmm. your own like progress in this world. Yeah, Mm. for sure. I'm going to add one thing that is quite specific to NFTs. Um, A lot of artists who are, who are thinking about making a transition into trying NFTs. um, My biggest tip would be absolutely have to be on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I know that most artists use Instagram as like their main social media platform. But to sell any NFTs really to all of the collectors, all the NFT collectors are really on Twitter and they like to reach out to artists on Twitter and that's how they connect with them. So get a Twitter profile. (laughs) That's what we're encouraging all of our artists to do as well. Okay, amazing. Yeah. I actually prefer Twitter to Instagram, but that's good to know. Um, Yeah. So what are your guys' plans for the future of Moro Collective beyond the next exhibition? Well, I mean, in an ideal world where we really see ourselves in future is having our own fully developed platform where we can whitelist galleries to mint their um, art on behalf of their artists on our platform. So the way we're working at the moment is we um, have like an open sea storefront, which is Mm -hmm. where all of our NFTs are. Um, and a lot of our, a lot of the work we do is kind of um, based around our metaverse gallery. Um, but yeah, down the line, when we have the means and the and you know the exact direction, we'd like to have our own, yeah, our own minting platform. Um, we also just love. Um, we want to continue to build these relationships, relationships with galleries and with artists, and continue the education about NFTs and. We also really want to make it our mission to bring not, we don't want to just sell to um, established NFT collectors or people who bought cryptocurrency when it was very, very cheap and they have all this money to spend. We really want to bring in traditional art collectors and introduce younger generations to art collecting. Um, And that will be, that will be the true marriage of the worlds. I think what I would love to see is an old school traditional art collector mm-hmm. jumping on board. We can hold their hand through the whole process, <laughs> yeah. show them how to buy their first NFT and then buy themselves a digital screen, put it in their home, in amongst all of the paintings they maybe already collected. That's what I'd like to see happen next. And I think this is all coming. There's 
Um, a lot of big establishments are now starting to jump into NFTs. Um, you know, all of the major auction houses, uh, Christie's, Sotheby's, mm -hmm. Bottoms, they're all having NFT auctions now. And I think it's just a matter of time before the rest of the art world follows suit. We mm -hmm. are super early in this game, um, which is not a bad thing. It might mean that to start with, we're a bit of a slow burner, but we're here early and we're definitely sticking around. So um, we'll just watch it all. We'll watch it all, yeah, evolve. transform and evolve. And <laughs> yeah. it's going to be so cool to watch from the beginning all the way yeah. through. I'd love to just see, like, you know, open a little window into just one year into the future and see what it looks like because mm -hmm. it moves so quickly. Um, it's It's kind of hard to imagine. Sure, yeah. But it's so exciting, this journey you're going on and going yeah. along with your um, art, like a lot of your artists, it's their beginning into this stuff as well. So it must be so excited to, exciting to go on this journey with them. Yeah, it is actually, yeah. Yeah. I'll just add a few specifics about the future. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, we hope for everything that Jen said, but we are also planning another exhibition on this scale in September or October, probably yeah. we'll do about three a year, three mm -hmm. or four a year on this big scale like we did with Genesis. And in the meantime, we'll have shorter pop-up exhibitions, which are, um, which are you know, shorter in, in, in time frame and also shorter in, uh, smaller in size. Mm -hmm. And um, hopefully more real-life exhibitions, definitely yeah. more thematic exhibitions. So, um, you know, focus on specific narrative or, or story yeah uh, we also do want to bring in um uh we want to bring in a way of connecting with undiscovered artists mm -hmm. and maybe indigenous artists and underprivileged artists and giving them a, a easy transition into into this as well um so we, yeah we want to try to give back a little bit with what we're doing oh it's probably also important to to um, mention that we are um, offsetting all of the carbon mm -hmm. and I know there's Amazing. a lot of concern at the moment with NFTs and the carbon footprint but yeah. we are yeah definitely nipping that one in the bud. Amazing and is there anything else that you wanted to add about the amazing work that you're doing? I think you know you covered you covered most of it. I, you know, generally, what we're about is we want to make things simple, mm -hmm. like simplifying what could be a very overwhelming world world for many people. Cryptocurrency, metaverse, NFT, all these new terms. We are trying to demystify that. We're mm -hmm. trying to show that there is a space for the way that the traditional art world works and maybe this is just a change in the way that the market works it is revolutionary and it is going to change things definitely for the better for artists mm -hmm. um, in terms of protecting their rights protecting you know um uh, the fraud there is no you can't copy an nft mm -hmm. you can't you know um you can't doubt who's owned it all the provenance all of the things that normally maybe can be a bit blurry in the mm -hmm. art world is super clear now so it's definitely the way things are going. And we're just trying to, like I said, demystify it, curate, produce quality exhibitions and bring people in from both sides. And fundamentally bring art to people who will not have been able to have access to mm -hmm. that or see that previously. Yeah. It's a super big part of what we're doing as well with the, with the bridging of the two worlds. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's really important and it's so exciting what you're doing especially now when a lot of us haven't traveled in over a year and we can't <laughs> we can't go and see things in the same way that we might have done so traditionally well thank you so much for telling me all about Moro Collective and all your exciting plans and just educating people about what a non-fungible token actually is I'm really excited for people to listen to this and um, links to Moro Collective's exhibitions and their marketplace and a lot more information about them is at moro-collective.com and they're also on Twitter and Instagram. So yeah, thank you so much, all of you. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you so Lizzie. Much. This really is great. It. It's really fun.